Jets fans, it feels pretty darn good when Winnipeg wins, but especially on the road against the Colorado Avalanche. The Jets found a great late winner from Neil Pionk, who had himself a two-goal game against the Colorado Avalanche at Ball Arena, and you know what? The Jets actually had a partially solid game for at least half of it. Now, there were some things that weren't so great, especially as the game began to wear on, but you know what? Two points in the bag, especially on the first half of a back-to-back, you take it. We'll talk about the finer points of this game in just a little bit on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, obviously, we have some stuff to unpack with a Winnipeg game against the Colorado Avalanche, the first of a series of back-to-backs against two of the best teams in the Western Conference, Colorado and Vegas. Now, stop me if you thought, you know, coming into this game like I did, uh, getting a point out of either of these games was going to be brutally difficult. And you know what? Uh, The first game against the Avs so far actually did prove to be pretty darn tough. Um, This Avs team, man, let me tell you, when they get rolling and they start skating, they are unbelievably fierce. And to make matters worse, Ehlers uh, was not able to make it. Nick, unfortunately, had a bit of an injury of some sort. Uh, We don't actually know the nature of it other than that it's kind of like a game day decision. So uh, Ehlers ended up sitting for this one, which left a pretty big void on that top line. Ehlers is obviously one of our best transition skaters, one of our best creators, and so the Jets had to figure out some kind of an arrangement to get things going. Now, for some reason, their selection went with Mason Appleton on that first line instead, which I wasn't really expecting, if I'm being honest. Bit of a strange choice. Um, I, I wasn't really thinking that it would actually end up particularly well because Mason, so far this season, he hasn't really been all that noticeable, if I'm being honest. You know, when he was with Cop and certainly on the forecheck, there were flashes of him maybe having some like really good middle six upside. But since then, and, you know, from his return from the Kraken, things haven't exactly been outstanding. So I was kind of like, mm, you know, I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, you know, credit to Appleton. He actually had, relatively speaking, a solid game. Uh, You have to remember that all things are going to be relative against a team like Colorado, especially when you're on the road, because let's be honest, man, the Avs can just skate circles around Winnipeg's slower squad. Um, It's just kind of the reality of the situation. And so when you're trying to pick apart this game, there are some things that you just have to accept are going to happen no matter what. But in Winnipeg's case, they often have this like habit of, of kind of walking in, playing a good first period. And then in the second period, everything is a complete disaster and the Jets just never recover. Full credit to Winnipeg. You know, they they did follow part of that template, at least. 
The first period I thought was fantastic for the Jets. They grabbed themselves a nice lead. They played some pretty good hockey, and it just felt like the team was energized. Um, you know, this was a game in which I really wasn't sure how Winnipeg would handle things, uh, but thanks to a nice cheeky little first power play goal for for Sam Gagne, he opened the scoring early, and then Pionk had a great activation down the slot. Uh, Appleton again, kind of showing off some of that middle six flash that he used to have. He set up Pionk on a platter, and Neil did not miss. Um, coming into this game, obviously, aside from the first line having that change with Appleton, uh, you know, the, the deep pairings also got a bit of a shuffle because Stanley got sat, Sandberg came in, and they reoriented all of the pairings as a result. So you had Morrissey and Pionk, you had Dylan and Schmidt, and you had Sandberg and DeMello. Now, I'll talk about Sandberg and DeMello first because I feel like that one is probably the one that's not going to get as much attention. I think this pairing actually did okay. Uh, DeMello, for some reason, just hasn't really looked like himself the past couple of games. I sort of wonder if he's nursing maybe some kind of like an injury or something. You know, he's made some mistakes, some questionable decisions, and that stability that he usually brings, we weren't really getting from him. Um, as far as Sandberg is concerned, this was a really great season de debut from him. I thought Dylan was calm, composed, under pressure. He handled the puck well. He generally made the right pass uh, on most of his attempts, and he just seemingly brought a calming presence, which is nice because when you have Stanley, Logan is often treating the puck like a hand grenade. He has a lot of really bad passes, which is unfortunate because he actually can uh, sling the puck pretty hard up the ice, and he'll connect on some really great stretch passes at times, but it's when he's inside his defensive zone and trying to pass out of the back that he tends to run into trouble. Sandberg is a lot more successful at this, and it was noticeable that you know this pairing was a lot more effective at trying to clear the zone. Uh, you know, obviously Winnipeg's defensive zone exits are kind of a mess still, but it's been improved at least in this game so far compared to what it was, uh, you know, against the Stars. So I think Sandberg and DeMello are a solid pairing. I, I do think that at some point, you know, DeMello is probably going to have to go back with Morrissey uh, just because Morrissey and Pionk did not really pan out, which I want to talk about it a little bit separately because obviously uh, Pionk had two goals tonight and I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, how did this pairing struggle then? Yeah, there's there's some interesting under the hood kind of stuff. And if you watch this game and you saw how our blue line performed, you probably would have agreed at least to a point that Samber or that that uh, Morrissey and Pionk had more than a handful of defensive issues together. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You just have to accept that things aren't going to be perfect with how this roster is. Part of the reason that we were asking Shovel Day off to be really active in the offseason and part of the reason it's a shame uh, that the Jets have made minimal moves. But of course, Winnipeg, you know, had a pretty strong performance. We'll talk about some other stuff that I think stood out positively, and then also kind of talk about some of the stuff that maybe wasn't as good. But before we uh, get, you know, further into this stuff, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all betting uh, info for football, whether it's college or professional football this season. Uh, a lot of you are probably into NCAA I'm personally not as much. Um, I'm a Maryland Terps fan. So, you know, Terps football until recently wasn't super amazing, but I'm also a Ravens fan. And I know a lot of you might follow the NFL. If you're a Vikings fan, you're probably feeling a little bit more optimistic about the season, which, you know, bless you. Y'all have suffered a lot watching Minnesota pro sports, but 
you know, keeping up with your team is really important. And that's why betonline.net is super convenient because they've got all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, tactical analysis, and everything for every game. Whether you're looking for stuff from past games, present games, or even stuff in the future. They've also got live betting and up-to-the-minute scores, so you'll always make the most informed bets possible every single time. And if you're looking for more than just football, they've got NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, horse racing at times. No matter what you're into, they've got you covered. And they've also got Vegas Casino games for some of you looking for maybe a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a non-sports avenue. Getting started really couldn't be easier. Just go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account right now because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Obviously, we are going to be talking about Winnipeg versus Colorado in a massive overtime win, and we'll continue with some thoughts on that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out one of our other wonderful programs that I think is really worth making your second listen, and that is Game to Game from Locked On NHL. It features every moment, top performance, every result, and all of the updates and analysis you need in bite-sized formats with Locked On Game to Game. It gives you around 45 to 60 seconds of hot takes and analysis, thoughts from games, and uh, all of the really amazing stuff that you can only get from our Locked On Podcast Network, thanks to our analysts. So be sure to follow Game to Game on the Locked On NHL uh, podcast, which you can get on your Odyssey, YouTube, uh, Megaphone, Apple, Spotify, whatever account you use to listen to podcasts. It's free and available, same as where we are. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Now, circling back to the Jets, obviously Winnipeg had um, a tale of two games, right? First half for the Jets was relatively competent. Second half, Winnipeg kind of got run over, which you sort of expect. Uh, the Jets had a 3-1 lead heading into the uh, back half of this game, and things started to kind of slip away, which isn't really shocking. I mean, it is tough playing a team that is as deep and as talented as the Avs. There's a reason that they just want to go up. Um, that speed and skill and depth is terrifyingly difficult to contain for long. Uh, and I, I think... I said some things about like which players really performed well. And I think uh, especially for the first half um, guys who really stood out positively for me, I thought Shifley was great. Cole Perfetti had a monster game. Dubois also kind of woke up and was really impressive. Wheeler had some really great passes set up Perfetti's goal, which was awesome to see. And uh, you know, in terms of like the fourth line, you know, Gagne, of course, notching his goal. I thought Gustafson had a couple of really great shifts. Um, but I think one of the most standout, like impressive performances really came from the Dylan and Schmidt pairing. This group, uh, I think, really got things done in cycling the puck out, making effective pinches, you know, keeping the transition up the ice going. And it wasn't like it was always perfect, but I thought both Dylan and Schmidt actually used really good body positioning. They forced turnovers, just stuff that you love to see, uh, especially against a team like Colorado that kind of kills you. Um, with so many different weapons and stuff. And they can do it really quickly, especially if you start struggling to make zone exits. Colorado will intercept you. They'll pick off the puck. They'll force turnovers. And they just have this way of dissecting you with rapid one-touch passing that is almost unbeatable. I mean, there's a reason, again, like I said, that they just won the cup. Um, all you have to do is just watch McKinnon, uh, Landeskog, who wasn't actually playing tonight because he was injured. But, you know, all, Rontanen, all of these guys are, are so talented and they just definitely touch the pass 
cleanly. They can get it into really dangerous areas and they can skate circles around Winnipeg with the elite edge work that most of them have. So uh, it's really impressive when players like Dylan and Schmidt fend those guys off and do so effectively. Um, but, you know, like I said, there were also some things that weren't so great. Uh, the first thing that I think is probably worth spotlighting is, <laughs> oh man, the, the, the Morrissey and Pionk pairing was like a very high event unit. And, you know, you, you're going to see a lot at both ends of the ice. Offensively, they were dropping deep into the slot and face-off circles to provide offensive support. Pionk had a couple of really smart activations. Morrissey, I believe, had a really good scoring chance. Uh, which, hey, you don't often see with this this Jets defense. So it's nice to see them jumping into the play, even if not all of the opportunities they were able to convert on. But, you know, it's it's nice that at least that part of Bonus's philosophy is carrying on, even while Rick is still absent due to COVID. Should be back over the weekend. That's what we're hoping for, uh, for a quick recovery. But until then, you know, it's up to the assistant coaching staff to kind of hang through and you know, in some areas, I think they've done all right, but then they had like this weird decision in overtime, right? Um, after a third period in which the ba- the Jets basically just tried to survive and get into overtime, uh, who did they put out to start? But, you know, Lowry, Pionk, and Appleton, which for me was just kind of like I was just baffled. Uh, very confusing decision. They'd ended up paying off because Pionk was able to score a slapper uh, from the right faceoff circle, but would I really count on that on a consistent basis? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> again, like I said, it was kind of a strange decision because like Lowry had been getting his lunch taken from him almost the entire night against McKinnon. And it wasn't like it was something that you would only see on the stats sheet. If you watched it, Lowry's line just really struggled to do anything. They couldn't create offense. They couldn't clear the defensive zone cleanly. And they were just kind of getting bullied most of the evening. So Seeing him and Appleton together in overtime was a strange decision. Uh, two more defensively minded forwards. When you have Connor, Shifley, and all of these other really gifted attackers, thankfully we didn't need them in overtime. But that decision uh, from from the coaching staff, I believe, was Arneal behind the bench for this evening. That um, definitely an odd choice. Something I personally would not have gone with. They are very fortunate that it panned out, uh, and they can probably give at least a little bit of thanks here to Connor Hellebuck, who had a beast of an evening, just another quietly great performance from a guy who just seemingly chugs along, even as he's getting older and has faced so many shots for the jets. Love this guy. And, and really you, you gotta always keep in mind that every game that we see with Hellebuck, uh, even on the, the struggle days, it is a blessing. This guy is amazing. He's been a wall for this franchise. And, you know, if he wasn't here for the jets to, in, in tonight's game, Winnipeg would have been doomed. So uh, amazing stuff. And it's awesome that the Jets were able to squeeze out a win. Now, coming into the game against the Knights, I do think that there are a couple of adjustments I might think about, especially with the Jets kind of needing to figure out how to uh, rest some guys, conserve energy, and prepare for what should be a difficult game against the Leafs over the weekend. We'll talk about what changes might be necessary and how Winnipeg can kind of keep things going with the good vibes in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Thank you, of course, for stopping in. We're just kind of closing out with tonight's thoughts on Winnipeg versus Colorado and uh, some stuff thinking about adjustments before this evening's game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, the Knights are a really fast team, a very aggressive forecheck. The Jets have sometimes played them a little bit better than they've played the Avs, but 
Uh, you know, obviously the Jets uh, are going to be tired. They just expended a lot of energy against Colorado. And so it might be time to think about how to cycle some players in and try and rest guys. I don't think I would be putting Stanley in for this. In fact, I think Stanley should just be left out of the lineup for the foreseeable future unless Sandberg gets really tired and can't keep up. Um, but I think Sandberg needs to be staying in. I would kind of figure out what to do with Pionk because I think uh, Neil and, and, and Morrissey together don't really work. And while DeMello has kind of struggled and it hasn't quite been the same as to what we're used to when he's with Morrissey, you sort of have to trust it'll figure it out. And I think that that pairing, Morrissey and DeMello, should probably go to back together. I think Sandberg doesn't really need to be need to be babysat as much as people think he does. He's a rookie, right? And he will have youthful mistakes. But I thought his game alongside DeMello was very composed. I thought he actually bailed Dylan out on a couple of occasions. Um, and so if you want to kind of shelter minutes here, and maybe limit some of the chaoticness of uh, Pionk's defensive game, this might be the way to kind of get around it. Um, otherwise, I, I think I would keep Dylan and Schmidt together, probably. I think that that pairing was awesome, and I would feed them more minutes. I would also be feeding the fourth line more minutes. I think that this unit uh, of Janssen Fialbi, who made his NHL debut for the Jets, um, not like his actual NHL debut, he's played for the Caps before, but his, his Jets debut uh, alongside Gustafson and, um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting the fourth line already? It was Gagne, of course, Sam. Uh, this line, I think, is is really effective. Gus and Gagne have had really great chemistry and have been really effective to get together. And honestly, they've been outperforming the third line by a pretty healthy margin. I know that the numbers uh, in terms of expected goal share were pretty poor against Colorado, but that is kind of to be expected with, you know, the Avs just sort of running over the Jets. Um, but I, I still think the fourth line deserves to get elevated third line minutes. I would swap Lowry's role too. I think Adam is is still a workhorse in some areas, but it's just clear that playing him so many minutes probably isn't the most effective decision. Now, in terms of like Appleton, I might think about uh, going back to like maybe Gagne or Perfetti there instead. I think Appleton just doesn't really have enough transition ability. And when, you know, Connor is asked to do a lot more on that line, unfortunately he struggles and Shifley, you don't want to kind of like overwork because Mark has to do a lot more, uh, you know, puck carrying and stuff, which kind of takes away from some of what makes him really gifted. And so I would rather have somebody who's more comfortable, you know, moving the puck up and down the ice, especially if Ehlers is not good enough to go. So um, I'm hoping that Nick is back and we can kind of go back to the lineup that we had earlier this season, but wouldn't shock me if Ehlers is held out at least until the weekend, especially uh, to avoid re-aggravating whatever injury he has and, you know, getting rested up for, again, what should be a difficult matchup against the Leafs as well. Winnipeg's start of the season really couldn't be harder, man. You know, that Rangers team being hired, that, that team... Apologies, folks, might have just dropped out briefly there. Uh, I was just saying, I think, you know, looking at Winnipeg, uh, their, their start to the schedule, we've had the Rangers, who are an absolute unit. We've had the Dallas Stars, who are really good. Uh, and now, again, back-to-backs against two of the top teams in the West. Just not an easy start. And so it's going to be important for Winnipeg to make sure that they don't burn themselves out, that they don't have any injuries, and that they all kind of make it through these next few weeks, uh, at least until the Jets kind of find a more continuous rhythm and stuff. But you know what? Vibes are up. Things are feeling all right. The Jets are two and one. 
and they had a pretty solid effort, you know, against the uh, the Avs on the road again, where the Jets almost never win. I think they only won once per year, uh, previously in like their last nine visits. So, really awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I I really can't ask for more from two points out out of a a road trip that realistically the Jets could have had zero on. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you th- you saw out there. Who were you impressed with? Who were you expecting more out of? Be sure to let me know in the comments at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter or in the YouTube comments section below. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're here, be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Philip Livingstone help uh, give you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and more all on every Monday through Friday. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!